your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, welcome to the Locked On Avalanche podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Chris Maselli, with another episode of the podcast dedicated to your Colorado Avalanche. And on today's show, the Avalanche make it three in a row, their longest winning streak of the season. Did we expect it to be a carbon copy of what the Avs did against Vancouver last week in the 7-1 to win? I think a lot of fans were hoping for that, but it, it wasn't likely. You know, you have a Vancouver team who is playing poor. That doesn't mean they just roll over and die. But a pretty boneheaded play by one of their better players kind of did them in. So we'll talk about all of that and then some. Uh, but first things first, follow the show on social media outlets, LOPN underscore Avalanche on Twitter, Locked On Avalanche on Instagram. Search for, or, or excuse me, um, questions, comments, concerns, opinions, go to LockedOnAvalanche at gmail.com and search for the show's youtube channel over on youtube this show is not going to have a youtube uh video associated with it the broncos guys were recording and using uh what we use for our uh video streaming so uh rather than just because they haven't even started yet (laughs) and rather than wait around for them to finish um i'm just doing this one the old-fashioned way audio only for today's episode. So sorry for the people who get it through YouTube, uh, but sometimes that happens when schedules cross. And uh, they were in there first, so they're recording their show. But go check out Cody and uh, over at the Broncos show. He does a good job over there. Uh, but for here, thank you for making this your first listen of the day. As always, it is greatly, greatly appreciated. Yeah, the Avalanche. Three in a row now, does it hold any less weight just because two of them are against Vancouver? Not at all. And it's uh, you know a couple reasons for that. One is it's not like the Avalanche have been just rolling over teams. You know, they're, they're, we all know how this season has started for them. It's not off to the greatest start. They're starting to play better. And, you know, for Vancouver, they're struggling. And it was evident by that seven to one win over uh, for the Avalanche over Vancouver. <clears throat> and when you're playing them again in short, uh, such a short turnaround, the team that you embarrassed is going to come after you. So I don't think you know the Avs really expected just to to roll over these guys again. And it showed Vancouver was up for the task. And after the first, I should say the first ten minutes, the, you know this was. All avalanche. Everything was kind of going in their favor. Even, you know, getting the the first goal of the game, which always you you want that, and you want it on the road, clearly. But Miko Rantanen uh, put them up, I think, seven minutes or so into the first period. And then that was it uh, for for the first. And I don't know if it was – maybe it was a combination of the avalanche taking the foot off the gas a little bit. And Vancouver really turning things on, really turning the heat up. Uh, 
against the Avalanche, and it showed. They only had a a goal in the second from Connor Garland to show for it, but if it wasn't for Darcy Kemper, man, uh, <laughs> Vancouver could have easily gotten two, three, maybe four goals in that second period alone. So uh, th- there, w- there was a lot going right for Darcy Kemper, at least. And in the second, not that much going right for the Avs in terms of, like, I mean, how many shots on goal did they have in the second? Uh, where is it here? Here we go. Uh, in the first, it was tied 12 shots apiece. In the second, Vancouver outshot Colorado 15-7. to the Avs kind of flipped that a little bit in the third, outshooting Vancouver eleven to seven. So you can see just based on that, the adjustments the Avs made kind of clamped down a little bit on the defensive end, and you could tell the defensive side of things for for the Avs was not the best in the second. The second was a very poorly played period by the Avalanche. First period, happy with. For the most part, mainly because you did have a lead. So you always want that, especially on the road. But from 10 minutes on through the second, it wasn't the best. It wasn't the best. But, you know, when you're playing a team that you, come on, you should beat these guys. It doesn't mean that, you know, they're not going to give you a game. Vancouver was very game last night. And this just shows, I think, the discrepancy between the talent the Avalanche has and the talent that the Canucks has. Maybe not so much of the talent, but the depth. Vancouver, their their top guys were playing pretty well. But once the Avs got to those third and fourth lines, there, there was not much Vancouver could do more than what they were doing. They were doing well. But they just don't have the offensive power to get anything past Darcy Kemper, who was on his game. So you look at the standings right now, and with the Avalanche, uh, the three-game win streak, they have every team that's above them right now. They have at least two games on hand. They have, a, uh, you know, and there's three teams below them. They have at least two games in hand on two of those teams, being Chicago and Arizona. Three games in hand against Arizona, you know, that's below them. And Dallas, who's one point below them, they have one game in hand on them. So they have games in hand against everybody in the division, in the Central. When you're looking at the teams above them, at least two games for everybody above them. And for Nashville, you have three games in hand. So you have 15 points on the season. St. Louis is right above you. With 18 points, you have two games in hand against them. Nashville is four points above you with 19. You have three games in hand against them. And then Minnesota has 20 points, so they're five points above you with two games in hand. And Winnipeg is 21 points, so six points above you with two games in hand. So you you are... You're starting to play better. You, you've played the least amount of games in the entire league. Uh, I'm going through here really quick. Boston has played 13 games. Columbus has played 13 games. And the Islanders have played 13 games. So you are tied for all those teams for playing the least amount of games. 
in the Western Division, nobody else has played 13 games. All those other teams that I mentioned that have only played 13 so far are on the East Coast. So, yeah, and when we talked about the November schedule for the Avs, they're not playing a lot. They're playing two games per week, with the exception of Thanksgiving week when they're playing four. However, one of those games in Thanksgiving week is against Ottawa, which I think is the, let me see, the Monday game? Yeah, the 22nd. So right now I think that game is still on, but you know, there's a big question mark around that game right now with Ottawa's games being canceled. I don't think they went into next week and canceled any games yet, but if they do, that's the first game for the Avs and for Ottawa. So that's the first game to get canceled if they continue to cancel any more games. So another game that the Avs maybe won't be playing. Regardless, you can't. there's nothing you can do about that. All you can do is worry about the games that you are playing. And I remember when I said... You know, with the, there was, what, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten games in November. And I said, if you're an Avalanche fan or if you're, you're you know, you're playing for the Avalanche, a seven and three month would be good. And after you lose the first two games of the month to Columbus, you're like, okay, you got to really finish strong. So far they're doing that. You know, you got two against Vancouver, one against San Jose. Your next game is Friday, your first game ever against the Seattle Kraken in Seattle going up against Philip Grubauer. Don't tell me that they're not going to want to twofold. Keep this winning streak going and stick it to their old goalie. Don't tell me that that's not on their mind. Of course it's on their mind. So, uh, yeah, I, I think overall, good, some things to be good and, and feel good about for this game. Uh, it's another game where they didn't really play a full 60 minutes, which you still want them to do. And even in, in the Sharks game, they didn't play a full 60 because they got off to a slow start in that game. Maybe the first Vancouver game when they were 7-1, to one, you could say they did it that game. But you want to see, especially after you get that first goal on the road, don't let up. But I don't I don't I think it was more Vancouver really stepping up their game than the Avalanche really kind of taking the foot off the gas. I think Vancouver is just in a mindset of being annoyed. You've lost what four games in a row. Your front office is having a meeting on what to do. Uh, and you know, you were expected to compete and right now you're not. So I think maybe just some frustration set in for for Vancouver. And rather than it unraveling, they kind of rallied together and, and made a game of it. Even took the lead in the second. But the Avs just flipped the script as quick as possible and kind of imposed their will. And said, you know, we can't. This is a game the Avalanche should be winning. I know you can lose on any given game in the NHL. But... You know, you have two teams kind of, I say going in opposite directions, and I don't mean to sound like the Avalanche are just, you know, taking off and and playing, you know, the best hockey of the season. Maybe they are right now. But you do have two teams going in different directions. Vancouver is just, uh, the wheels are coming off. And for the Avalanche, it's kind of the opposite. It seems like they're starting to perform a little bit better. So, yeah, for, for that game, when it's played, where those two teams are, the Avalanche should have come away with a victory. It wasn't easy, 
but it really never is and it never should be. We will talk about again who kind of stood out in this game. And Nazem Kadri continues to be that guy for the Avalanche. What a game. But first, we're going to hear from betonline.ag, and we are back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season. More prop bets, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all of your sports action this season. Head to the new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus from basketball, football, the NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. It's where the game starts. That's betonline.ag. All right. Talked about Nazem Kadri on yesterday's episode, and we're going to continue to do that today because he he's, again, kind of, sl- not slowly, but quietly just putting together stats and another three-point game for him. A one-goal, two-assist game, which brings him up to 17 points on the season. He leads the team. Uh, Miko Rantanen also had a three-point game with the same thing, one goal and two assists. But Nazem Kadri just, again, continues to be the guy to fill in where the Avs need him to fill in when you have someone like Nathan McKinnon out. And if this doesn't just show you what this guy means to this team come playoff time, you're kidding yourself. And if you don't think his absence from last season against Vegas was big, just look what he's doing right now. You know, I really had questions on how he was going to bounce back for a number of reasons. Was he going to have to change his style of play? And like I said yesterday, from the beginning, he was like, nope, I'm not going to do that. He's you know, over the dreaded 30, he's now 31 years old. Was that going to play a factor at all? Doesn't seem to be whatsoever. So, he, you know, you, you ride that hot hand. And I like the fact that Bednar is not, because he's one of the best players on the team right now, he's not jumping the gun on what he is there for and putting him up on the top line. He's performing the way he's performing because he's on that second line, I think. You move him up, I think you kind of, uh, I don't want to say eliminate his production, but you know now you're playing top line, and, and you're going up against the other team's best top line. It's going to be a little bit more difficult to get those points, and I'm not saying he's, you know, he's not capable of doing that. Sure he is. But you're putting him where exactly he belongs and where exactly you got him for to do this. So why upset that? And it, it's it's been exciting to watch. It really has. He, he's he's been a force uh, for several games in a row now. And I said he had that four-game pointless streak early in the season. But since then, it's been all aces for Nazem Kadri. So 
Uh, he's been been exciting to watch, and you just <clears throat> want this to continue when McKinnon does get back and when JT Comfort does get back. Now, the goal that he scored, very dangerous series of events, scored a goal uh, right in front of the net, and then I don't remember who. It's not a cross-check because the guy didn't have his stick, but he basically did a cross-check without a stick. And Kadri, I mean, he he went into the post, but it could have been a lot worse. Uh, I know there was a, a penalty assessed, and they also assessed one on Miko Rantanen for kind of coming to his aid. But, uh, you know... <laughs> I guess you can call that on Miko, but I have no problem with that. You're coming to the defense of a player who who could have been seriously, seriously hurt if his head was just, you know, uh, a couple inches to the right because he would have hit that post dead on with his face. So uh, an ugly play, but um, – and, you know, Kadri didn't get the penalty. He didn't get up and retaliate. It was Miko Rantanen comes to his defense, but uh, it was it was – kind of scary like you're celebrating the goal and then that happens immediately and then you're kind of not celebrating the goal and hoping that he's okay and he was he was but um still a very dangerous dangerous play stat wise for the avs the thing that jumps out three for five on the power play hallelujah (laughs) and you're you might be thinking to yourself well yeah it's against the canucks who have a terrible penalty kill but that's the point. The Avalanche have been doing nothing on the, on their power play, and they took advantage of one of the worst power plays in the league, which you have to do to get on track. You can't apologize for going up against teams that have poor stats in, in certain departments. And the, the Avs have poor stats on their power play. So something had to give, and it was a three-for-five night for the Avs on the power play. And like I said, it's it was starting to look good. I, I said this in yesterday's episode. It, it, it started to look good even in uh, the San Jose game. And San Jose has a very good penalty kill. I think they were one-for-five, but they were getting zone entries. They were cycling the puck. They, they, they were setting up plays, which that in of itself was miraculous. And you just kind of felt like, okay, if they can continue to do that and carry it into the next game against Vancouver, who has a much much more horrible penalty kill, you got to feel good about it. And that's what happened. So three out of five on the power play is good. Even though it's against a poor team, it builds up your confidence on the power play. Um, Even when you're down guys like Comfer and McKinnon, who are typically on your power play one. Uh, Point-wise, like I said, Rantanen with a three-point night. Gabe Landeskog had an empty netter to put the game away. He also had another assist. That was it for the forwards. So it was all Kadri, Landeskog, and Rantanen when it came to the forwards. Not to say that other guys didn't have good games. Val Nechuskin is playing fantastic. And he's always been that guy that it doesn't show up on the stat sheet. Uh, but he does those things. I mean, he his is uh, he's a great offensive forward uh, in the defensive end. 
he's great. And, you know, he's got a, a long stride. He has a long reach. He's tough to get around. So he, he's been great since he came back. I think Jason Magna is, is playing is playing well. He's not doing anything again. He's not getting goals. He's not getting a ton of assists. But he's not making mistakes. So I've been happy with him. I think Darren Helm is starting to come around. I'd like to see him get a little bit more minutes because I feel like he's starting to get comfortable. He's almost like that Brandon Saad from last year, how it took Saad a little while to get going, kind of get used to being with a new team in a, a new city. And I think that's Darren Helm. I think he's playing a lot better. Um, on the defensive end, point-wise, Taves with an assist and Kale McCarr with one goal and one assist. And I put up on Twitter, I said, there is a fire lit under Kale McCarr's you-know-what last night. Uh, he he was skating with a purpose, and you could see it. And he was, he was, you know, walking the blue line, which he hasn't been doing all that much, I don't think. And that's where he excels is getting that stick on his puck and, and a defender kind of having that, like, herky-jerky motion, not knowing where he's going to go, which direction he's going to go, when he's going to shoot. And he was doing that last night. So uh, maybe he was just feeling it, but I really liked how Kale McCarr played. One kind of play turned the tide for this game. And we'll talk about that right in a minute. So when you have these two teams going up against each other, you got the Avalanche and you have the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, it's always going to be Kel McCarr and Quinn Hughes. Uh, fairly or unfairly, I think it's. I don't even think it's a, a competition. If you want to call me biased in that, feel free. But uh, I, you know, I think Kel McCarr is head and shoulders above Quinn Hughes. I think Quinn Hughes is a good player, but I don't think he has a skill set anywhere near what Kel McCarr brings to a team. And. There was a play where Quinn Hughes had the puck behind uh, the net, and he got a check, a completely legal check from Sam Girard that he didn't see coming. That's his fault. And he kind of cowered down into the ice, turned the puck over in the process, and uh, he eventually got up. He was only down for a couple seconds. But he got up, skated down, because at this point the puck is you know now in the offensive zone for the Avs, skated down, caught up to the play, and just gave Sam Girard a, uh, a cross-track which broke Quinn Hughes' stick, automatic penalty. And what happens? Kale McCarr nets the power play goal. Uh, just a boneheaded play by Quinn Hughes. You got checked. You weren't looking. Fine, get up and put your anger somewhere else. Put your anger into helping your team because what he just did was hurt his team. He goes down and he just makes a beeline for Sam Girard to cross-check him and breaking his stick in the process. How how are you helping your team? Because I think the score was 2-2 two to two at that point. Let me see when Kale scored his. Yeah, it was 2-2. Two to two. So you've just hurt your team. You you were in the lead. You're up 2 to 1 in the third. Kadri gets his goal. And then not much later you pull that 
and you know you're one of your your team's better players and now you're sitting on the bench while the guy that you seem to always be chasing for some reason uh nets the game winning goal because you couldn't control your emotions because you were embarrassed when you get hit like that it's embarrassing i get it so get up respond in a different way and he didn't want to do that he felt like he had to go respond by cross-checking the guy that embarrassed you dumb that's that's just that's just stupid so uh and then that put it away and that, and that was obviously a power play goal Kadri's was a power play goal Rantanen's was a power play goal uh, yeah again like I said in the beginning was this a perfect game from top to bottom for the avalanche no but was this – did they take care of business? That's what they did. They came in and they, they played a team that because they are going in a different direction than you are, you have to beat them. And even though they took a lead, I'm not saying you know anything. Hockey is, is a great sport because your team can be playing very well and just one thing turns the tide. And before you know it, you're down a goal – with three minutes to go. That wasn't the case for the Avs. The the, uh, Canucks took a lead very early in the third. And again, I'm not saying you just felt like, oh, you know, they'll come back and they'll win this. But you you just knew they were playing, they were were being allowed to play their style. I didn't think Vancouver was, you know, was – clamping down so much on the defensive end. I thought a lot of what was happening was the avalanche mistakes. And they tightened things up, and they got the equalizer with Kadri, let you breathe a little bit. Boneheaded play by Quinn Hughes. Cal McCarr gets the power play, and now you're just playing the back-and-forth game until Vancouver wants to pull their goalie and Landis Scott gets an empty netter. It, was, it was, felt like an avalanche win. Overall, it did. It felt like a, a Colorado Avalanche win that that they should be winning this style of game more than they're losing. And up until now, they've just been on the wrong side of them, and that's going to happen. But you keep working, you trust the process, you know your players, you know your skill set, and good things will start to happen. And I think you're starting to see that. It's going to be very interesting to see their first time in Seattle because uh, it is a tough place to play that's a, a raucous building um but we shall see so that will be friday and i'll probably have uh let's see if you can join me for post game uh with uh, kyle after the seattle game let's probably do a, a special saturday edition since there is a game on friday so that will be it for today everybody bottom line was it 100 percent pretty no but a win is a win is a win, and in the end, the Avs have three in a row. So keep that train rolling. That's going to be it for today. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in and making this your first listen of the day. Definitely head on over to Locked On NHL, where myself and Adam Denker tackle this week's power rankings and make that your second listen of the day. It's always appreciated, everyone. Thanks for tuning in, and we will see you guys tomorrow. Go, Abs, go!